welcome to the Resurgence Audio Podcast. Resurgence is a community platform for spiritual development, and our mission is to learn to live as God intended. For more info on the Resurgence platform, or to get on the waiting list for the launch of the platform, please visit www.joinresurgence.com. Thanks once again for tuning in. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Ben Richard, and I'm the lead communicator here at Resurgence. You're listening to episode 38, and the title of today's episode is Rest and Forgiveness. We only have two episodes left after this one on the subject of rest. And to be honest with you, I save the best episodes for last. I'm excited to talk to you today about the subject of forgiveness and how it relates to rest. Because this isn't something that I understood even as a new believer. And it took me years to get a full and complete understanding of how forgiven I was. And once I understood how forgiven I was, I then began to be able to always approach God with a bold confidence. If you've been a believer for a while, you must have had those moments where you felt the nearness of God. You felt his presence. You felt his embrace. What does it feel like for you? Does it feel like a sense of deep peace? Does it feel like a sense of overwhelming joy or love? Does it feel like goosebumps on the skin? Does it feel transcendent? Does it feel like you're expanding from the inside out? Different people have different ways of describing what they feel when they feel God's nearness and His presence in their lives. But when I was a new believer, I struggled. I struggled to enter into God's presence. I struggled sometimes to feel His nearness. And the number one reason was because I was just riddled with guilt and shame from my own sin. Let's not forget that even in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve had first fallen into sin, the Bible tells us that as soon as they ate of the forbidden fruit, their eyes were opened immediately and they became aware or they realized that they were naked. And when they realized they were naked, they immediately felt guilt and shame. And while they felt that guilt and shame, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And so they hid themselves and they covered themselves with fig leaves because of their nakedness. I want you to picture this for a moment. What Adam and Eve did in the garden was they introduced sin into humanity and this would forever ruin the human condition after them. Now, when you hear of someone walking in a garden in the cool of the day, does it give you a picture that they are angry, that they are upset and that they are looking to punish someone? See, that's not God's heart towards us. Even when we sin, he comes towards us, but we are the ones that withdraw from him. And we withdraw from him sometimes because of guilt, shame, and even the fear of punishment. But 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. That bold confidence is the confidence that we need in our relationship with God because it means that no matter what life throws at us, we know that we have a Father that will always embrace us. 
Today, after having understood how forgiven I am, I'm able to enter God's presence with a bold confidence. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I approach God not based on good things that I've done, but I approach God based on what Jesus has done on my behalf. In the same book, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. I'm going to read this line one more time. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows us that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. There are so many Christians in the world that live in the fear of God punishing them. And this is because we are more sin conscious than we are grace conscious. We're more aware of the ways in which we've fallen short. We're more aware of the ways that we've messed up. And we're reminded of it when we think of approaching God. It was beyond my comprehension that God would allow me to enter his presence without me first apologizing maybe even a thousand times for me having done wrong. But see, behind that idea is the idea that I have to have done some good things in order to deserve being in God's presence. And that's a lie. Because you and I can only approach God We can only experience His presence based on what Jesus has done for us. And when we spend time in His presence, having accepted the forgiveness that He's already given to us, then we begin to experience His love. And His love begins to cast out all fear, especially the fear of punishment. So what about our sins then? Is there a place for our sins to be punished? Why do we feel guilty? Why do Christians sometimes call that the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I'm sure if you've been a Christian for a while, you've heard people say, yeah, God will convict you of your sin. And when you are convicted of your sin, you have to turn and repent to God. Well, let me tell you something. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say that the Holy Spirit convicts Christians of sin. In fact, we're going to look at the words of Jesus, where Jesus talks about how the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, but he's not talking about Christians. This is in the book of John, chapter 16, verses 7 to 11. And this is what Jesus says. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. That word advocate means someone who stands in defense of you on your behalf. So he says, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, let me explain this to you real quick. When Jesus says he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness 
and of the coming judgment, he's talking about three different types of people. Two out of the three are human beings, and the third one I'll explain later. So he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin, number one, and of God's righteousness, number two, and of the coming judgment, number three. And then he goes on to explain what he means. He said, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Now, if you're a believer, it's because you believe in Jesus. So when he says the world's sin is that they refuse to believe in me, he's not talking to believers, he's talking about unbelievers. The second is, he says, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you, speaking to his disciples, you will see me no more. That's the second category. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin because they do not believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit then convicts believers of righteousness because we believe in Jesus. And the last, he says, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And he's talking now about the evil one. He's talking about the devil or Satan. And so the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Why? Because they don't believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts believers of righteousness. That word righteousness means that you are in right standing with God. So what does this actually mean? Listen to this carefully. The Holy Spirit does not come to you and say, how dare you do that? That is wrong. You're such a filthy sinner. That's not what the Holy Spirit does in your life. What the Holy Spirit does is he convicts you of righteousness. What does that sound like? It sounds like, hey, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. That's not who you are. You are righteous. So stop acting unrighteously because you're better than that. You have been made righteous. The power of sin and death is no longer controlling you in your life. You are a saint. So stop sinning because saints don't sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When he convicts believers, he convicts us of our righteousness, telling us that we are better than that. And lastly, he convicts the enemy or the evil one of judgment, reminding him that his judgment is due very soon. This means that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not even sin, not even death. Nothing can separate you from his embrace. Nothing can separate you from feeling his nearness. And then when you come to God, even though you've messed up and you've sinned, you come to God and you hear him say to you, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be living that way because you are better than that. You have been made right. You are righteous because of what Jesus has done for you. He has washed you clean of all your sin. And I embrace you as my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. And just because you've messed up, it does not change your identity. Because here, you belong. You belong with me. My friends, that is the truth. And when you begin to accept that truth as your only reality when it comes to your relationship with God, 
It will ensure that you have a bold confidence to always be able to approach him. And living with that bold confidence puts you in a state of rest. It puts you in a state of rest because you realize that God is always ready, willing, and available and able to help you in your time of need. That he will give you strength when you are weak. That he will increase your capacity when you feel like you've run out. That he will give you peace when you're in the midst of a storm. That he will give you joy even though you're mourning. That he will lift you up even though life has thrown you down. God is for you. He's not against you. And he never will be. Everything you've ever done wrong in your life, even up until now in this moment, Jesus has paid the full price and the full penalty for all your sin. My prayer is that you never again allow the enemy to lie to you and tell you that you are somehow undeserving of God's presence and grace in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Sometimes even the reminders of my own sin cause me to feel like I have no face to show you. Like I don't have the right to approach you. I have these thoughts in my mind, maybe from my upbringing, that tell me that because I've done wrong, I cannot approach you as my father. But the truth is, is that I approach you not because of my perfection or imperfection, but I approach you because Jesus Christ, who was perfect, took my place as one who is imperfect, and he was nailed to the cross to the point of death. And because he died for my sin, I am completely forgiven. I am pardoned from the punishment. And all that awaits for me is a rightful passage into heaven. I thank you for that reality, Father. And Holy Spirit, I pray for everybody right now that is listening to this episode. That condemnation would come off their life. That the guilt and shame would be lifted. And I pray, Lord, for my brother and my sister that is listening right now. That they would come to the reality that their past is behind them. But they can live with promise. They can live with hope. And they can approach you with confidence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Hey, why don't you have an awesome day? And I look forward to being back with you once again tomorrow. Same time, same place. God bless.